to Say That, podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining us here is Jed Brewer. Oh, yeah. Indeed, joining us all over Mercer's Tennessee is Lee Younger. Man, the, the, the rock and roll enthusiasm of Jed's response. <laughs> I love it. A nonstop block of podcast, which doesn't rhyme, but I said it right. <laughs> you know, there's something very truthful about rock and roll enthusiasm, but as a phrase and as a concept, it just doesn't quite have the uh, the rock star aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but what Jed brought to it at the end after I brought it up as a concept was the uh, the the mid '90s top forty radio disc jockey. Yeah, rock and roll yeah. energy. <laughs> You just heard Celine Dion. Oh, yeah. And now, Alanis Morissette. Who was <laughs> programming this station? Why did they Isn't hire it? the Wolfman? <laughs> <laughs> Who's ready for Everybody Hurts by R.E.M.? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That is, yeah. I I really like the idea of they just kind of portaled some guy out of the fifties who does that kind of radio, <laughs> but put him on a very, just uh, it's all the wrong songs for him. <laughs> Painted blue buildings by the counting crows. <laughs> One day he just breaks. They come back from the la- They come back from some Radiohead song and oh, it's uh yeah, guys, it's me. <laughs> A lot going on right now, huh? Why don't anyway. you guys pump yourselves up? <laughs> Here's, All right. I'm going to lay down. Here's some Elvis Costello. <laughs> All right, let me, let me see if I can do this. I kind of get got to get in my zone, but I think I can pull this off. <clears throat> Safe for the ears in the back seat. It's positive, encouraging. K-Love, we go now live to the latest single from Chris Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. The only way you would get me to listen to K-Love is if you guaranteed me the most, like, salty 1970s WKRP disc jockey. (laughs) A a guy that definitely, definitely, like, has skin cancer from all the Jimmy Buffett concerts he's been to. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Just hitting the post on a, a Hillsong worship. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I like this character a lot. I also have you guys messed around with it all. Spotify now has like a an AI DJ. They're trying to make a thing. No, no, that sounds horrific though. It's basically just your playlist, but every once in a while, a semi-robotic voice will come on and be like, "It seems like you've been listening to a lot of depressing music lately. Here is more of it." <laughs> Like, yeah, except more of a cry for help than anything. Except, dear listener, if you follow Matt on any uh, media's social, then you'll know that his AI Spotify uh, DJ is going to say, "It seems like you really love Canadian pop stars." Here's some more Carly Rae Jepsen. That is very <laughs> true. I did once get an email from Spotify. You know, like they basically this is not AI. They was they will claim it is now, but. You know, an email will kind of auto-generate of, you know, Netflix would be like, if you've been enjoying documentaries, then here's some <laughs> more great documentaries for you. <laughs> so I was doing that like a custom playlist, and it started off with like, as someone who's been listening to a lot of the Mountain Goats recently, and I literally thought, that's the most gentle way I've ever been called depressed. Like, <laughs> you seem like somebody who's been listening to a lot of the Mountain Goats recently. <laughs> Yes, I have. Mind your business. Uh, May we suggest the national? <laughs> well, anyway, and back to the Spotify AI, it will just basically do like a, you know, it's a fairly good Siri voice saying like, "Here's more of the artist you're listening to." But I, it seems like a big whiff that they don't have a '50s uh, rock DJ yeah. version yeah. of that you can do. Yeah. But again, it uh, it it kind of. Fits in with what you've been listening to in a very asynchronous way. Can either of you guys do like a fifties DJ? Like I can't place that in my brain in the midst of this conversation. I mean, I don't know what any of them actually sound like, but I'm thinking of 
of what Jed was doing with kind of the Wolfman Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of very can, gravelly can, and down here. I think I, I think I can fifties it up a little bit. What, what kind of music are we listening to that, that AI uh, DJ is commenting on? I, I, mean, I think, I, I think Celtic folk at this point. <laughs> okay. 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 Sure, you got your Corys, your Crofters, your Pokes. Did you not want me to list like just the twelve <laughs> Celtic folk bands that are on my playlist? Hey, Hepcats! Notice you're getting down to little Celtic folk. We'll get ready to blast the Pogues. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't quite work. <laughs> just yeah, just getting very specific to Lee's point about you know. It looks like you've been in your emotions lately. Here's your 78th Carly Rae Jepsen spin of the week. <laughs> like, this could only be AI because he wouldn't really say that. Oh, gosh. At what point, Matt, will Spotify have just like, uh, like three minute cuts of old wrestling promos that you can just do the audio of? I mean, a, when like, I as own a Spotify. When you own Spotify. <laughs> When Endeavor or whoever owns WWE currently finally sells me specifically the the Dusty Rhodes back catalog, I will I will have a playlist <laughs> that is the most confusing thing in the world. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, hey, here's here's a shock to your listener. This may be a bit of a less focused episode than we used to <laughs> from your friends at the Say That podcast. Uh, we've reached that magical time that happens every few months where the the nonsense has faucet has run faster than we could put a bucket in front of it. So it's an all emergency episode. Oops. I am ready. Oops. All emergencies. I hope you are because we start off with something that, that Jed speaking of the social media that Jed pointed out to us here, which is uh, Jed. I don't know if you have any background in this, this information. You sent Lee and I a screenshot of a Facebook group called dinosaurs against Christians against dinosaurs. <laughs> yes yes i did yes i did that's right yeah i don't even know where i came across that i just i saw it late at night that being a relative thing these days but i saw it late at night i was like oh that's got say that written all over it so wow. that's about as much background as i've got all right well I, I did a little bit of googling um and i landed on reddit r slash bad history which might be spending more time there in the future uh Headline, Christians Against Dinosaurs, post a video explaining how fossils aren't proof that dinosaurs existed. In this YouTube video, an unnamed moderator from the group Christians Against Dinosaurs states, quote, the first fossil that was ever found was actually after they came up with the idea of a dinosaur. Okay. Um, so, no, probably not. Um. But even if so, we we talked in the last episode, if you you joined us there, about the uh, pastor taping the Bible to the baseball bat. (laughs) Here's the thing. I've I've done this for a couple of things, and I I think uh, Jed and Lee have too. Um, You you do have to go through some steps and fill some things out to get a YouTube channel. And the name of it, you've got to type in a few places. About the third time you're entering Christians Against Dinosaurs. In a field that Google wants you to fill out, I, I would hope that would be a moment to step down, but apparently it so. is not. Well, I I love the the idea that the dinosaurs are coming for the Christians who are against the dinosaurs. Yeah, the dinosaurs are like, you know what? We need some representation, and we're mad about this. Yeah. <laughs> the Christians don't like us. Well, you know what? We're gonna eat the Christians. <laughs> And also, it works great because, you know, the the Christians, particularly the white ones in America, are always talking about how persecuted they are. There's no persecution like being eaten by a tyrannosaur. Now, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Now, this brings us to one of our famous uh, Say That movie pitches, which is, I think, in a post-everybody-getting-kind-of-sick-of-Chris-Pratt world, um, the Jurassic Park kind of franchises have flagged a little bit. Yeah. Give me dinosaurs versus Christians in any kind of way. We're back. (laughs) I am coming to this. I will be in the theater for this. That's a large popcorn for me, sir. 
Caveat, <laughs> only if the dinosaurs win. Otherwise, I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, the Christians only have baseball bats with Bibles duct taped to them. <laughs> oh, So I think the dinosaurs yes. are going to take this one. Just, you know, the scene in the original Jurassic Park where Newman gets eaten or gets spat yeah. on, you know, <laughs> where just Newman that. gets eaten. Let's let's use the AI and just that, but every uh, Christian celebrity influencer. It's just that scene with different dude, ones over and over. Dude, dinosaurs eating actual Christian celebrities yeah. is such an amazing idea for a movie. And that would be, for certain, and this is most of them, uh, clout chasing, kind of really in this to be famous and be in the news, uh, pastor, author, speaker. I, that would be it'd be so interesting to see how they process that if you took it to a Mark Driscoll or a Matt Chandler or a John Piper or whoever and be like, hey, we want you to be in a movie. They'd be like, uh, I thought this was coming. You get eaten by a dinosaur. Oh, but you're in a movie. Oh. <laughs> see, now I wish we had like the full cut of just like, you know, like some one of these dudes like just preaching some doctrine as hard as he can. And then you just have the roar of the velociraptor, just that screeching. And then pow, the jaws clenching down on this dude as he's describing Orthodox reformed broisms. Yeah. Well, this is a little on the absurd side, but I I feel like we could make this happen through the miracle of, of generative AI, but I'm I'm thinking of, you know, it's a Sunday morning and it's, you know, it's it's your standard issue non-denominational church, you know, the, most of the guys are in some combination of, you know, chinos and a polo shirt and, you know, the the, the pastor is, is talking about I believe the phrase from last week was what was it beta males? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, and, not to be confused country. with VHS males. No, very different, very different, <laughs> absolutely. That was a joke or- from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, the camera is kind of scrolling through and everyone's kind of trying to be cool about it, you know, and, it, you know, you, you, you pass people. But one of the parishioners is a velociraptor um, <laughs> and, it, you know, it's it's Vinny the velociraptor and he's trying to be cool about it. But it just a certain it's like, like, I just I just can't take this anymore. So he just gets up and eats the guy. I mean, like, I I would at least I would turn that movie on. I'm not saying I'm sitting there through the whole movie, but I would at least turn it on. Sure. If you were scrolling on your uh, streaming service of choice. And it did that weird thing where if you hover on something for more than a nanosecond, it starts playing like a version of it. And you saw the Velociraptor tearing through the narthex. You'd be like, no, yeah, maybe I'm interested. Velociraptor tearing through the narthex. I'm pretty sure is a phrase that's never been uttered in the history of humanity. (laughs) I can't imagine. So also (laughs) does Vinny, the Velociraptor have a polo shirt of his own? Obviously, yeah. I mean, but he does look, after he eats pastor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the thing about Vinny is he's just trying to live his life. He's trying to get right. some spiritual encouragement, and he's sitting there, and we we get to hear his inner monologue because it's like, look, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but what does this even have to do with anything? Beta males? What are we even talking about? And at a certain point, it's just it's go time. Sure. Yeah, he's like, you know what? All these. All these stereotypical, you know, gender norm tropes. It's driving me insane. Also, that pastor smells really delicious. <laughs> yeah. So I, I made the mistake of Googling the phrase Christians against dinosaurs. Uh-oh. So it led me to the, the Reddit article we just looked at, but it also, a couple of uh, bits down, led me to something called justdisciple.com. The title of this article is, Do Christians Believe in Dinosaurs? The Complete Answer. Oh my. Though fossils from all over the world and from the work of many scientists, there's no doubt that dinosaurs exist. Existed. Some Christians still are unsure of how many dinosaurs, how dinosaurs came into existence, how long ago they existed, and how they ceased to exist. Do Christians believe in dinosaurs? Christians do believe that dinosaurs existed because of archaeological and biblical evidence. The Bible mentions dinosaur-like creatures in Genesis, Job, Isaiah, and the Psalms. Christians may hold differing views on when, how, and why they existed. There's no doubt that dinosaurs used to roam the earth. You know, as with many things, Christians, and this is just some free advice from your old friends of the SAP podcast, if you cut that down to just the two sentences, that would be a normal thing to say. 
Christians do believe the dinosaur existed because of archaeological evidence. There's no doubt that dinosaurs used to roam the earth. That's a thing that a sane person would say. You put a bunch of weird stuff in the middle, though. Yep. (laughs) If your faith cannot handle the idea of saying the Bible doesn't mention dinosaurs, actually, but we have lots of fossils, so it's probably fine. You need to reevaluate many, many things. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of dip on that chip. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great phrase, dude. So we mentioned, so we've talked dinosaurs. We were also talking AI earlier. And that brings us to the second, and I cannot stress this enough to you listeners, entirely contextless screenshot, the Jed, Centrally, and I. And it appears to be from the uh, iOS app store, an app called Text with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my. Yes, yeah, so a buddy of mine sent that to me, uh, I believe, with the included text in case it's useful, which I don't know if that's like a hint, hint kind of thing or what. But I, I, I was intrigued. And um, so it is and, – and the following, the idea of AI chatbots, right? Like, I mean, that's a thing now. And, and you know, uh, you can get them with like various personalities like where you've – kind of mind enough content that you kind of mimic what, you know, you imagine the response from this person might be. I'm sure there's somewhere you can chat with Cleopatra or whatever. Um, but this is on the standard app store, right? This is a, a, a way to have an AI chat with Jesus, which um, I'd just like to note for the record, like Christians believe you could literally talk to Jesus. That's what prayer is, but that's, that's cool. Um, so I, I got the screenshot, but I, I looked it up because, of course, I was intrigued by the idea of being able to AI chat because in the screenshot, you see there are other biblical characters that you can talk to. There's Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the apostles and whatnot. And so there are. And, Jed, I will point out here that they are divided by subcategories. What we can see in the screenshot is Holy Family, Jesus Christ, Mary, <laughs> Joseph, Apostles, Peter, Matthew, Mark, Luke. There's some problems with that list. Yep. Depending on what, how expansive you're being with apostles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing that really jumped out to me, and I mean, this is pretty clearly not the work of, you know, top shelf biblical scholars, exactly. As or, you're coders. Saying, but, or, or coders. But I went through it and like, there's example, there's an example conversation between the user and Jesus or, you know, person's like, Hey, I'm going through a hard time and I'm worried about stuff, which, you know, that's, that's cool, man. And, and the AI Jesus, of course, he says my child, because. I, I guess you have to. Um, also, he, because you know, he is he the avatar is white Jesus from the paintings. Well, Stop. that is definitely true. So it's similar, you know, my child, I'm always with you. So you know, uh, fear not. But then, what I love is the response of the the end user, which is, "Thank you, Jesus. I'll keep that in mind." <laughs> and so, my happy place for the last week has been thinking of various interchanges in the Bible where Jesus said something really profound. And then the person, you know, there in the Bible story goes, thank you, Jesus. I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Just a glib. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how much joy that's brought me. Oh man. Well, Jed, I think one of the things you stumbled on there is that if, if the uh, Western and particularly American church could be personified, um, that conversation would be, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. You know, rich man may never enter the kingdom right. of heaven. Sell you have and give it to the poor. Thank you, Jesus. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, foxes have holes and birds of the near uh, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Thank you, Jesus. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's... Well, go ahead, Jed. Not, that that's just that is high quality something. <laughs> Indeed, it is. And on the the topic of wealth and whatnot, that brings us to a story we found uh, from something called NilePost.com. Uh, it's a story of someone just forgoing a lot of the subtext and going directly to text, which you know we love on this show. Uh, the Archbishop of the, of the Kampala Diocese. Paul, I'm going to butcher this and I apologize, Simagorare has called on Christians to work hard and break free from poverty if they are to see heaven in the afterlife. Quote, the poor will not go to heaven. What? Okay. 
from an archbishop in, I believe, the Catholic Church. Um, so, uh, you know, say what you will about uh, the, the good archbishop here, but th- there, there's a virtue in putting your cards on the table. Wow. In the article, apparently the archbishop said, God, uh, God will not entertain the poor in heaven. You will not go there. I will also stand at the entrance to stop you from going there. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's intense. Wow. That is, uh, yeah, that's, um, and he doesn't mention he ran that by God or he's, he's, he's taking over St. Peter. He's just, he's going to be standing there with a shovel, making sure just checking tax returns, I guess. Wow. Does all this boil down to, I refuse to live in a neighborhood with poor people, even if it is in the great beyond. <laughs> well, as I'm, as I'm digging a little bit deeper into the article, and I mean, I want to be clear, like this is, it's hard to put into words how wrong this is, but this is clearly a thing of like, I want people to work hard and I don't want them to be lazy. So this is, this is, what again, I'm doing this now. is the Protestant work ethic laid bare. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because apparently if you work hard, you'll be rich, which has been studied economically and is not true oh, at all sound right. in any way. Um, but dude, like, it's always interesting to me when, when anyone, in this case, Christians, like, finds a thing that they consider a sin, but they, they just want to go whole hog on it. Like, they want to make this the worst thing in the world. And um, I got to be honest with you, bro. A, I don't know that many lazy people. Like, and I don't know that I've ever known that many lazy people, really, yeah. really. And um, of all the character flaws that a person could have, I think laziness might be near the bottom. Like, <laughs> that that might be one of those, like, I'm a little bit lazy. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. That's probably fine. Let's work on other things. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jed, you say that he's doing these things that are contrary to the Bible and whatnot. Uh, after he said, God will not entertain the poor in heaven, I will also stand at the intersection of there. He says, we have misunderstood the gospel. Being poor should not be misinterpreted to be without money. That's literally what that word means. According, oh. uh, As far as we can find in the article, he offered no alternative explanation for what that would mean. Right. Right. Cool. The archbishop added, God will say, I created you with eyes, the brain, and gave you life. And you die poor? You will perish in hell. We should work hard. Let let's not sleep and be idle. So, um, really interesting rewriting of yeah. big chunks of Matthew twenty five. As far as I will say to you, uh, <laughs> and of all those ones, you started with the eyes. Jesus heals like nine blind people in the Gospels. Yeah, like yeah. beggars and whatnot. Who he takes the time to stop and be kind to and. Again, and I should point out that uh, and I, I've, you know, whatever with the the popes and the Catholic Church and whatnot, but your boss wears custom-made Prada shoes and the ceiling in his house is gold. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an interesting, an interesting yep. group of people to listen to about both marriage and what you should do with your money. The leadership yeah. of the Catholic Church. <laughs> And any church, I think, to be fair. Wow, um, man. And I think that, that brings us neatly to our next story. Uh, from a real quote that seems fake to a fake quote that apparently seems real, uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley busted using fake founding father quote to push religious agenda. Uh, this is uh, the, the esteemed uh, Senator Hallway uh, tweeted, Patrick Henry, quote, It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ for this very reason. And then it just kind of goes on like that for a little while. Uh, community note, Patrick Henry never said that. Yeah. This is a line from a 1956 piece in the Virginian that was about Patrick Henry, but not by him. Just, uh, just making stuff up. That's fun. Yeah. Well, I've 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 pulled up a, a quote, you know, because I, I do think there's a lot of inspiration to be taken from from you know the people 
men and women both of, of you know who, who helped to make this great nation. And so this, of course, comes from you know, the first president from George Washington, who you know had a lot of wisdom that we really should have, have listened to. And I, I like to, to think of him delivering the following lines, you know, you know, on his his sprawling estate, you know, looking out at the, the country that he helped to build. And so here's here's General Washington and, you know, of course, then President Washington speaking. I just I want you guys to really think and really think about this a little bit. I don't know who you are, and I I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I, I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. <laughs> skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you, and I will kill you. Founding Father George Washington, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. A letter to General Cornwallis, I believe. <laughs> also, the thing about not having any money, that's just a lie. <laughs> Very wealthy gentleman. <laughs> Wealthiest landowner in the United States at the time. Yes, I don't, I don't even know he had any daughters. I'm, the, well, the, this historical evidence that Jed has unearthed uh, casts some, a, a scant eye on one uh, George Washington. I found something else written in 1956 when okay. this actually was written. <clears throat> Tutti Fruity, oh Rudy. Tutti Fruity, <laughs> oh Rudy. A wop bop a loo bop, a lop bam boom. Wow. Yeah, said in 1956 by General Dwight D. Eisenhower. <laughs> I will uh, I will jump in with an actual quote from uh, Patrick Henry, probably the most uh, the most famous of him, which is "Give me liberty or give me death," which is a big a big idea, a con- found foundational concept of the American Revolution that uh, to life without liberty is something not to be wished upon anyone. Uh, really, uh, a, a fate worse than death to have to go through life without being the champion of your own fate uh patrick henry also owned a lot of slaves so that's fun ah weird, weird how that keeps happening uh, fun that and from a from virginia across to texas and this story i think brings us we've we've seen some negative examples uh we've seen some things of what not doing these last couple of stories i want to i want to look to someone i truly think has something to teach us all. And this person has something to teach us all. I think about the power of prayer. Okay. Having an active prayer life. Uh, I read this headline from uh, KFYR, a iHeartRadio affiliate in Texas. Okay. Uh, Texas woman attacked by snake and hawk at the same time. What? <laughs> a woman in Texas recently experienced a bizarre and truly terrifying ordeal when she was struck by a snake that fell from the sky before they were both attacked by a hungry hawk seconds later. This, okay. Uh, so apparently this woman is standing outside her home in Texas. Uh, nearby, a hawk has caught a what it thinks is about to be an easy and delicious meal of snake. Uh, has got that up <laughs> in the air. Uh, drops the snake onto this woman and then says, hey, that lady's trying to steal my snake and attacks her. So listen... I, this just occurred to me. This is breaking news. I will never be going to Texas, gentlemen. Fair. If here, snakes are falling out of the sky, and that's I'm the not second worst thing that happens. That's right. Imagine if a snake fell out of the sky onto you, and that wasn't the worst part of your afternoon. <laughs> wow. Here's the quote I think we can all learn from from uh, KFYR TV. A uh, quote from this woman. The only thing I could think of was to, just to call on Jesus name to come and help me. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't want any more thoughts and quotes and books on prayer from somebody who went to a good school and then went to seminary and they've read a lot of books. I want prayer lessons from snake Hawk lady. Okay. Here's my question for you, fellas. If you, if she were to open up her app, and ask AI Jesus for help. Oh. When 
being attacked by the falcon whilst being bitten by a snake, what might his response be? Oh, I've got it. Give me 30 seconds. Well, well, Dead figures that out. I'm going to go with a shrug emoji. (laughs) But I think you you have AI Jesus in a kind of a beats me moment. (laughs) Like, you know how, I, I don't know if this happens anymore. I know it happens on like, Maybe WhatsApp and group me. If you're in a group chat and someone uh, has had enough, you'll get uh, so-and-so has left the chat. I think you get AI Jesus has left the chat at that point. Yeah. You're <laughs> on your own. Here's what I think AI Jesus would say. My child, I would like to remind you of my word, the book of Mark in the 16th chapter, where I said, and these signs will accompany those who believe. They will pick up snakes with their hands and it will not hurt them at all. I hope this thought has encouraged you. Thanks, Jesus. No, AI Jesus. That's the worst possible advice in this moment. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Do not pick up the snake that has dropped upon you. That's what got you into this mess. (laughs) I think that's a a good reminder that AI may have a ways to go. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about this woman other than what we've read here, uh, but, you know, I'm going to make some assumptions based on small town in Texas, and I think if they do a testimonies segment of oh, her church on yeah. Sunday, I think oh, we yeah. have a winner going away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I don't, th- and here's the funny things we've all been enough church to know, somebody, and it's probably going to be a guy, is going to try to top it. Yeah. Like they're going to do the, you know, oh, we're going around Sunday school and tell us about your, your week and say, well, I, the snake and then the, but I, and the hawk came after the snake, but I, you know, I just helped, cried out to the Lord and he really delivered me through it. And be like, that's cool. And you'd be like, guys, like, you know, I was, I was 10 miles away from home and the gas gauge said I only had eight miles left. So I don't even know what I'm going to do. And I just prayed the whole way and I coasted in right as it was on E. So I think we all had a pretty tough week. <laughs> <laughs> That, which this is off topic, but it is a a story I always remember fondly uh, from being at Triple C uh, many many years ago. Uh, Lee's boss at the time loved an idea of doing a, a little popcorn prayer. He called it. You do a, and you say, well, you say something you're thankful for. Or, you know, tell a uh, thing. And then, you know, I'm Jesus. I'm grateful. Or Jesus, I'm thankful because. And we'll say something we're grateful for. And it's, it's a lovely moment. But the key from the per- being the first front is knowing when you've peaked. Yeah, and you're gonna take it. And this at this point, a, a lovely cherubic child said was thankful for something. It wasn't exactly this, but it was along the line of like Jesus. I'm thankful for rainbows. It was something. It was, it was beautiful. It was touching. It was pure. It was the time to end. Right. Yeah. But some things are only uh, available in hindsight. So we kept going, and a guy who I was friends with, very nice dude, was my age told the longest and ramblingest story about it being cold outside and his car dying and he was going to jump the car and it, they were hoping it wouldn't take very long, but it didn't take very long. And man, the, the weird kind of politeness of people being like, this is fine and it's good that you shared this, but you should have had the self-awareness to not try to be the one to go after Jesus. I'm thankful for rainbows. <laughs> yeah. And I hope for everyone at Snake Hawk Ladies Church <laughs> that uh, they have the self awareness to not try to not try to go next. Dude, Snake Hawk is the '80s metal band that we needed but we never got. I would listen right. to Snake Hawk. Well, if, if two of the, if White Snake broke up, and I'm sure there was some hawk named sure, band, certainly. So they they kind of broke up and reformed the the, the first '80s supergroup, Snake Hawk. Yeah. Yeah, Snake Hawk, new single, dropping our rock on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as is tradition in the United States, you can't have a crazy Texas story without having a crazy Florida story to go with it. Oh, my. This is a headline from ABC Action News, Tampa Bay. Florida pastor among those arrested in Home Depot theft ring. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Wait for it. The pastor was selling stolen equipment on eBay under the name 
Anointed liquidator. <laughs> wow. Wow. Dude. Yeah. I just have to ask Jed, because Jed is our native uh, Floridian. Yeah. I mean, is it really like that down there? There's a lot of weird in Florida, man. <laughs> there, there really is. It's, <laughs> it's really true. Wow, dude. Yeah, I had a friend ask me recently, like, should I be concerned, you know, affiliating with a known Floridian? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't, I, your your concern is understandable. I get it. I don't, there are no easy answers, but uh, you know, I, I track with, with why you'd ask. Jed, I feel like known Floridian could be the name of your DJ act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Florida's. Florida's a weird place and it's, it's a weird place every time I go, you know, I'm, I'm there pretty regularly for work and, um, there's some great things about Florida and there's some wonderful people who, who live there and are dear friends, but there's a lot of weird. That's really true. Yes. Some wonderful people. And also the anointed liquidator, the anointed liquidator. <laughs> well, like one of the things I love about that is, and this is a newsflash to religious people in the world generally. This isn't just Christians. Like if you're a person of faith and you're devout in your faith, that's great, man. And I'm really, I'm really happy for you. You don't have to include that in everything you do all the time. Like when you have a yard sale, it doesn't have to be an anointed yard sale. The whole joke in Austin Powers about the evil petting zoo is how weird it is when people have to attach this other thing to everything else. Don't do that. Just be a, this is cheap stuff that I'm getting rid of. Buy it. I just wanted sharks with freaking laser beams attached <laughs> to their heads. <laughs> That's right. Are the tuna ill-tempered? These yeah. have been jokes in the 90s. <laughs> Um, so, uh, to, to take a, a, a move from the hilarious of this, we're going to move into the sad for a second, but it'll get hilarious again. Uh, so not only did this, uh, dude, uh, was apparently a local pastor at the rock church, but also a, which I believe uh snake hawk is playing at any, of course. any day now, <laughs> uh, also ran a halfway house. And okay. one of the things he's, he's charged with is. Using position of being a pastor and halfway and founder of the halfway house to manipulate other vulnerable people into committing the crimes. Like, I guess he sent the people from this halfway house into the Home Depot to actually pick the stuff up. Wow. And that's it, wow. on one. That is extremely uncool. I'm like, that's that's an extra level of a bone because up until now you were stealing from Home Depot, which I mean, yeah, Bible says don't steal, but Home Depot is a giant company and you were the anointed liquidator. So you had a certain anti-hero vibe <laughs> that I was like, okay, but now you've, you've gone true, true blue, full villain here. Um, but the other part about that, and uh, again, as we probably mentioned many times in the show, uh, all three of us have experienced working with folks coming out of prison and, uh, a, and out of jail. And a lot of those folks do end up at uh, facilities that are meant for that. So if you're not familiar with say the term halfway house, that's often a kind of group living situation for people who are, uh, it could be an addiction recovery. It could be coming out of jail. So as they transition into a full-time living situation, this is a place that they can have a short-term solution. And a lot of them are wonderful and run by uh, big hearted people who are experts in their field and really want to do the best for people. And then there's the occasional other, but two things that I've, and I've let, I like Jed and Lee have had many uh, friends and uh, wonderful people I know have been in these kind of facilities. Here, here are a couple of things. They often look a little rough. Like, if a couple of guys from any of the halfway houses I'd known walked into Home Depot at the same time, they would definitely be getting followed around by security. Yeah. So not a criminal mastermind. And here's the other thing. Think of any other semi-group situation you've been in. Maybe it was a camp or a school lunchroom or anything like that. Uh, they are just as not good at keeping secrets at halfway houses. Yep. Mm. So the fact that this went on for several years without one of them, somebody just being just going and blowing the whole thing wide open is the most shocking part of this for me. Yeah. They believe that Robert was operating the scheme for over 10 years, bringing a total loss of merchandise to over $5 million. Wow. Wow. Did he open a rival hardware store? Well, the anointed liquid, it was all apparently co-conspirators were stole a majority of the merchandise from 
five stores to from stores five to six times a day on average. I wonder if he brought in the uh, the archbishop to tell them about the evils of being lazy because they were working hard before they delivered it to Dell to be sold on eBay, according to officials, which eBay apparently is where he used the storefront moniker of the anointed liquidator. Roberts is facing charges of racketeering, conspiracy to commit racketeering, and dealing in stolen property as an organizer. Jacqueline is facing a tr- charge of conspiracy to Rico. Karen was charged with dealing in stolen property. So, uh, of all the other entertaining racketeering and Rico cases going on in the Deep South currently, you which, can add one, the anointed liquidator. What would the other case be, Matt? I have no idea, but I assume there's something <laughs> funny going on. Oh, if you say so. I mean, I, I don't generally follow the, you know, the trends within jurisprudence, but if you insist. Trends within jurisprudence is a terrible band name. <laughs> and they will not be welcome to the rock church. <laughs> they want to uh, pass you a tape at the Snake Hawk show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Here's our demo, man. That's right. So uh, continuing on the church crime beat and taking us into the great state of Georgia, which has wow. maybe if you Google Georgia Rico currently, you'd find something entertaining as well. Who knows? Um, wanted Georgia <laughs> man posed as missionary defrauded donors out of tens of millions. Oh my word. Wow. And here's what I'm going to say before we get into any details about this. Um, I am as someone in a former job, Jed in a former job and currently and leader of church, I've tried to do a lot of fundraising as missionary millions. Yeah. This dude got tens of millions of dollars for something he wasn't even doing. Have you ever tried to raise money for something you are doing? Right. That's impressive. As is often the case with crimes, like dude, if you've got that level of skill, you could be a development director for a pretty substantial nonprofit and just get paid a real salary and, you know, have a straight job, man. And it's gotta, it's gotta be a grind. Like whatever he's doing to pull that off has got to be like, there's gotta be like plenty of actual work involved in it. Oh yeah. That's bonkers. I mean, it's not like the, it's not like the missionaries in the seventies that had the, uh, the physical carousel of, of the slide projector. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Authorities are looking for a Georgia man. They allege posed as a missionary and squandered at least half of the $33 million in funding. He promised to use to produce and distribute Bibles and Christian literature in China. Wow. Now, admittedly, uh, Distributing Christian literature in, China, literature in China, probably not a great idea. But if you raise $33 million, you could be like, ah, we, we gave out a lot of Bibles in South Korea, and that's pretty close. Yeah. And you yeah. wouldn't be going to jail. According to federal indictment, authorities accused Jason Shank, 45, originally of Dublin, Georgia, of misusing millions of dollars of donations for personal use. A grand jury recently indicted him on 37 counts the indictment says shank invested about a million dollars of their donations in precious metals and diamonds wow contributed seven million dollars to his family farm purchased four million and 16 life insurance policies under different names opening fraudulent life insurance policies with your stolen church money now that's criming uh dollars in shares of a private u.s nuclear company $820,000 in credit card purchases, $320,000 in, of all things, Chilean real estate, and a million dollars in an online betting site. Okay, now Chilean real estate is a good band name. Yeah, that's I true. won't hear a word against it. Yeah, I know. Their first record was good before they got popular. <laughs> they sold out, man. Totally, dude. I appreciate how many different kinds of sketchy things this guy did. Yeah. With the money he stole from church fundraising. That diamonds, family farms, fraudulent life insurance policies, nuclear companies, Chilean real estate and sports betting. I kind of want to see the documentary of like what happened to him to lead yeah. to this. Like yeah, yeah. how 
How messed up was that VBS that you went to? <laughs> that this is the path that you wound up traveling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like, I sometimes witness things in life and like, I'm like, no judgment, but man, I'd love to just spend a day inside your head and know what it's like. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're driving on the interstate and somebody kind of roars past and, you know, 120 miles an hour and like, that's really dangerous. I wish you weren't doing that, but I'm also, I just fascinated to know what your life has been, where you're, you know, you're doing this. And with this guy, man, I, I just love to know the full scoop of, of what you had in mind with all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause again, all these things, if you had just like spent a couple hundred grand getting some Bibles and Mandarin printed up and they distributed them in Hong Kong or somewhere where you're probably not going to get be in that much trouble. You know, it'd be, it wouldn't be great, but you'd probably be not facing the 20 years in prison you're facing. Yeah. And uh, the saddest part of all, apparently, if he gets convicted, he will not only spend up to 20 years in prison, but uh, be subject to forfeiting any trace, any property traceable to the offenses. So uh, that's going to, that's going to be inconvenient when it comes to Chilean real estate, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well. From uh, an organization fraudulently using a ton of money that it claims is going to be for missions for other stuff uh, for no reason at all. That brings me to the Southern Baptist Convention. Ah. Headline, SBC leader William McLaren resigns after admitting he falsified resume. What? Dude. <laughs> the acting president of the Southern Baptist Convention's executive committee resigned suddenly today after admitting he falsified his resume. Okay. What do you think he put on there? Well, the thing is, <laughs> I think we the, know, but I also think it would be fun to speculate. The thing is, this is an organization that has covered up over 700 counts of sexual harassment and misconduct. So, like, he falsified his resume. What did he put on there? Like, if if this is the organization that wound up hiring you, did he, like falsify accounts of his own sexual misconduct. And they're like, Whoa, you're our guy. <laughs> well, uh, not quite. He, he lied about what schools he went to. Okay. Mm. According to Baptist press an official SBC publication, McLaurin claimed that he had degrees from North Carolina, central university, Duke university divinity school and hood theological seminary on his resume. When presidential search committee members attempted to confirm those degrees, they learned he did not hold those degrees. Apparently he already had the job though. So hey. I don't want to tell the Southern Baptist convention how to do things. Well, I do, but they wouldn't listen. Um, but here's just someone throw out there. Uh, can, if you're looking into where someone went to school and you find out they didn't go to school there, uh, don't hire them. Yeah. That is deeply weird, man. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to look through this and figure out where he actually went. And it doesn't say, which is, makes me think he just didn't go to school. Well, Southern Baptist Convention have a series of leaders resigned in recent years, often in controversy. Uh, as a former president who was fired for the mishandling of a sexual assault at a seminary he led, uh, the former International Missions Board president resigned after a troubled tenure that included the loss of nearly a thousand missionaries due to budget cuts. The former Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission was critical of Donald Trump. That's the reason. And uh, Adam Greenway, who resigned last fall from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary after concerns for the school's finances. So things are going very good. Ah. Everybody's resigning uh, for a myriad of reasons, of which I just lied about where I went to school seems to be by far the most relatable. <laughs> yeah and also i'm just i'm just gonna put this out there um what would lying about college not make him more popular with rank and file southern baptist attendees at this point <laughs> that's an interesting point being like of course i lied i college is stupid and i didn't want to go like yeah that's our guy <laughs> <laughs> So, um, again, and I can't point this out enough, it's all going great, as we yeah, often totally. find when we do the wraparounds of... Way to go, Christians. 
Yes. Uh, it's, it's almost as if a snake and a hawk have been attacking the institutions of American Christianity. And simultaneously. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, squeezing very hard and crying out to Jesus has not exactly been the way they've gone, but maybe it's the way they should. <laughs> and on that, we will declare this emergency episode off. Uh, if you have a question for us, we'll be back next week with our normal format. Say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Take out the song this week. This is from our friend, the Pool House Guru, based on 1 Peter 3.15. Got that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Respect.